Welcome to this episode of What Works For Me. Mike couldn't make it on this one, but don't worry, he's still here for the intro. Anyway, let's get right to the show. Welcome to another episode of What Works For Me, a podcast highlighting best practices in Christian schools. This podcast is produced in partnership with Lutheran Education Association. To discover how LEA supports Christian teachers and schools, visit www.lea.org. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Matthew Baxter, Dr. Matthew Baxter, I want to get that right, director at Anchor Lutheran School in Anchorage, Alaska. Dr. Baxter, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and your school? Yeah, so I'm Dr. Matthew Baxter, like you said, and I work at Anchor Lutheran School as the director. Um, The school is uh, early childhood, three years old through high school. Um, We recently opened up for high school last year. And we'll be uh, completing a um, $7 million expansion project, which will include 15 additional classrooms and a gymnasium um, starting this summer. So that's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, before I worked at Anchor Lutheran School, um, I, I worked in uh, China um, at Hangzhou International School for four years. And then all up and down the West Coast, including uh, Arizona, California, Oregon, Washington, and, uh, and yeah, um, I actually did uh, a mission uh, teaching trip uh, to Guatemala too before all that. So I have a diverse experience uh, with different cultures and um, different backgrounds, both in you know, secular education and in Christian education. Uh, on you know, on the weekends, I like to be outside as much as possible, even if it is snowing, uh, feet and feet outside. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking, I know, before I hit record here, and you said that you think they're going to set a snowfall record up in Anchorage this year, that you're getting two or three inches a day. (laughs) That's quite the experience. Those are light days. (laughs) Light days. There you go. I got to imagine that you probably have a a Lutheran school in one of the the prettiest parts of the the world here. You can probably see mountains from your, your playground, can't you? Oh, that's so neat. So neat. So today we are not here to talk about the weather, although we could. We're going to talk about AI in schools. And this is something that I know has been a kind of a hot button issue the last year, year and a half. Well, I don't know. When did that come out? November, you were saying something like yeah, that? November 28th or 29th of last year. Okay. So relatively new, and it's one of those things where I think a lot of us don't either know exactly how we'd use it, or we just hear all the things with, you know, kids plagiarizing entire school assignments. So let's talk a little bit about that. First, let's start with your perspective on AI. How do you think this is going to be used in schools, you think? I think the future of schools will be um, teachers who will be uh, co-teaching synchronously with um, AI and that uh, that'll be a part of everyday practice. Um, and it won't be something that's you know hidden or questioned. It will be the best practice. That's interesting. So how, knowing that that's, that's where you think it's going, how are you guys using it there at Anchor or how are you using it? Right, yeah. So, you know, from a, a teaching perspective, you know, when... Let's see, January of last year, we came back from break. I had kind of, you know, dived deep into um, specifically chat GPT, but also other language models. And, you know, I, we had a meeting about it um, 
you know, and this was you know, January 8th or 9th of last year. And, you know, I basically said, uh, you know, we need to embrace this as a school because of the competitive advantage it will give us and give our students um, if we use this. And, you know, I, I was kind of open-ended about it with the teachers. I, you know, we, I kind of was like, we need to figure it out together and, um, and figure out what uses we can have with it. Um, with that said, on the student side, the first thing we did was uh, make it non-accessible on our network um, because of the, you know, just the risk of, of plagiarizing. Uh, we have introduced it in, in ways in the classroom where the students can engage with it, um, you know, because I think it's, it's important for us to teach them the skills to use the AI, but it, it can't erode the, uh, the foundational knowledge and understanding piece that students need to then go out into the world and actually use these, uh, these language model tools productively and accurately. Um, some of the, the things that we've done in the classroom is, you know, anything that requires, you know, a ton of writing, let's say, you know, unit plans or lesson plans, you, you have an idea for a lesson plan, have, you know, have the, the AI model build it for you in, in a few seconds. Um, you know, you have, you know, a parent sends you an email, have the AI model, you know, draft up, you know, a response. Uh, you know, you need to build some rubrics, have the AI model do that. Um, you know, some more specific cases though, uh, you know, our math teacher, she, uh, she actually has the students work with the AI uh, model in one of her programs and, uh, and, you know, that, you know, that AI is actually sitting down with the student and essentially working through the problems with them. Uh, and so, you know, she can give individualized attention to this one student while everyone else in the class is also getting individualized attention as well. That's really interesting. So you, you hear about it. And, you know, you get all the teachers together and you say, hey, we should start using this. You know, you don't, it sounds like you didn't mandate it, but you said, let's figure this out together. I love that. And then even turning it off for students right away. Like, let's turn this off until we get a handle on it on our own and figure out how we're going to use that. I, I love that, that forward thinking that, hey, it's something that's not going away. We're going to have to use it. Let's figure out how to be best at it. And let's figure out how to, to kind of tame it in a sense. So it doesn't just end up being this thing we're now managing all the time. Tell me a little bit about, about that math one. That's really interesting. So my experience with AI is very limited. You know, I have chat GPT or Google Bard or whatever, and I have it like craft letters every once in a while or, you know, emails if I need something, but that, that working with kids individually, how does that work? Yeah. So, um, you know, she'll have the students, uh, on, I, you know, I think it's, she uses chat GPT for it. I'm not quite sure though. Um, but it'll, it's, you know, the students are like, here's the problem. It's not, you can't ask the bot to solve the problem because of course it'll solve the problem. So you're doing the problem. And then when you have a question about a step, you ask the AI about the step, you know, how do I solve this problem? What are the different ways I can solve this problem? Um, so being, you know, specific with your prompts on, you know, meeting those learning gaps and that's, uh, that's, you know, how she, how she, um, uses it in her classroom. And, and, you know, th that teacher in particular has really embraced it at a very high level. And then I think 
the most uh, part that is really phenomenal is actually increases learning outcomes. So then the students, you know, the, these are all formative assessments, right? When it comes to a summative assessment, you know, they're, they're taking away uh, the, um, you know, the, the scaffolding of the, the AI and they have to do it on their own. But because they got the individualized attention the whole time, their, their outcomes are higher. I, I love that, that you found a way to, to effectively use it to help kids. So I can hear my teacher brains already going, okay, but how do you know if a kid's really working through it and not just asking for the answer? How, how do you manage that? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I don't know specifically you know, how the math teacher manages that. Um, I, you know, I, I know though the process and the outcomes mm -hmm. and, yeah. and both of those are in line, you know, with, with our expectations and mission. And, and I, you know, at the end of the day, we can't stop students from plagiarizing and cheating before AI, you know? So the function of now that AI is here is all of a sudden like plagiarizing and cheating is going to be like this, you know, rampant well it already is and so to blame ai for that you know i think it's more of a cultural problem than a, a than a tool problem you know culturally we're driven to to have the right answers you know the our whole system is focused on grades it's not focused on learning and that's really what ai is doing is it's taking away this system and the assessments that focus on grades and the paradigm shifts comes in with, well, now we have to focus on learning because the AI can just do everything and get the grades for, for anyone who, who wants to use it. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's really what, what is happening currently is you're going to see assessments change dramatically, um, you know, in high school and university level, especially, uh, you know, like doing a 10 page written paper uh, let's say for, you know, a class, it, the professor should assume that every paper that's turned in was somehow, um, supported by AI. So is that an authentic measure of learning? No, it's not, you know, and I mean, there's definitely learning that happens, but, uh, but then on the other side, okay, so how do we design an assessment that actually focuses on learning instead of just, you know, the output of, to get the grade? Yeah, I, I love that perspective that it it is just a tool. And you're right, kids have cheated before. <laughs> this is not new. My take on it is always, if a kid wants to cheat and I don't catch him, I guess good for them. That's just going to hurt them later. It's not going to hurt me now, right? I'm not going to spend all of my time trying to to chase after, well, I, I can just tell, eh, come on, don't worry about it too much. But that you're right, it it is going to change a lot of things. And I think that sometimes in schools, we get stuck on, we don't often assess in ways that are best for kids. We assess in ways that are easiest to grade. That's why Scantrons are so popular. That's why multiple choice tests exist, right? They don't tell you, you don't know if a kid picked A because of the right answer or because they guessed. You you don't know. Maybe they got lucky. Maybe they knew it. And so you're right. We do need to have more, more authentic ways. And I think that that's an interesting take. You're right. That's a good one. So you had mentioned having teachers kind of use AI to write a lesson plan or respond to a parent email. And I know before we started recording here, you talked a little bit about the the emotional toll that goes into some of that. Let's talk about that. So you you think there's a, a place for AI here to lessen some of that emotional work to make teaching a little more, you said, sustainable. Let's talk about that. Yeah, and you know, this is um, 
Yeah, as a as an educator and an administrator, I think one of the biggest problems facing America is our teacher shortage. And a big part of that teacher shortage is teacher burnout. Uh, and this is the only tool that has come out that can actually solve those problems. And um, to be able to, you know, have, you know, a parent writes a inflammatory email to you, you know, for you to read through that and then to process that and then to, you know, ha have it an output that is, is meaningful and that, you know, shares what need to be needs to be shared. There's an emotional toll to that. And there's also just time. Uh, it might take you an hour to write that email. Right. It depends on, you know, kind of the level of the email, but okay. I copy and paste that email, put it into um, chat GPT and tell chat GPT, respond to this email. I'm then taking some of that, you know, third-party trauma that all of us teachers and administrators get and putting it onto a machine that, you know, has the an endless capacity for that. Cause it's not affected by it. Um, now, does that mean that I didn't read the email? No, of course I read the email, but I'm not processing it at a level that requires a written response. Now, when the when ChatGPT writes that written response, I'm going to take it, I'm going to read through it and make sure that what's said in there is appropriate and relevant and, and specific enough. Um, you know, 100% of the time, I'm going to make some changes. There's always going to be some amount of change that you're going to make to whatever's the output of of um, these language models. That's really interesting because I, I know I know a lot of us have you know we've gotten those emails and we spend hours thinking up responses and we'll get we'll get it all written up and then we'll have somebody proofread it and they'll go you can't say that and you're like you're right I'm mad I probably can't say that so it's nice to put it into a yeah a computer model that doesn't have those feelings, doesn't have those hangups, isn't going to respond maybe as uh, fiery or as snarkily as sometimes we default to. That's a, that's a great takeaway. Is there any other, any other uses? Somebody's listening to this and they go, okay, that sounds great, but you know, it's, it sounds too easy. I haven't used AI before. I want to try and use it in my classroom. What, what is the first thing you'd recommend to a teacher or an administrator listening? I mean, I'd just get an account and start asking questions, uh, you know, start, you know, start small, but you'll learn more ways to prompt. Um, you know, they, there's a job out now, it's called a prompt engineer. Uh, you know, I should retire from being a <laughs> school administrator and become a prompt engineer because they're paying them like $300,000 a year to work for fortune 500 companies. And just someone who asks, asks AI questions, you just ask it questions to try to solve problems. Uh, and that's what it's all about. You know, um, you, you made a comment about it, you know, being, it being hard, you know, or it's too, it, you know, it's too easy, right? Like this, the, you know, this tool incorporating, it makes our jobs too easy. Our, our jobs are, are too hard. You know, they're, they're extremely difficult on so many different levels. And if there's something out there that, um, that can boost our productivity and uh, eliminate working, you know, hours on end, uh, I, I say, you know, full send, let's go. Uh, Cause there's not enough teachers and, and we need, 
we need tools like this to retain teachers in the field and to bring up job satisfaction with the teachers we do have. Uh, and, and that right there will affect um, student learning. Uh, mm -hmm. If we can bring up the morale and job satisfaction of our teachers, you know, kids are going to want, if teachers want to be there, kids are going to want to be there uh, and, and learning will happen. That's awesome. So I'm just thinking here, if you're an English teacher and you assign a bunch of essays, can you have chat GPT grade essays? Can you like spit it in and say, Hey, give me a rough grade here. I, I'm sure you could, uh, I, you, you would want to give it parameters. Okay. Right. Like here's the rubric. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this is, you might even want to put in a grading philosophy, but you can train, you know, train your own AI, right? Like, I think we talked about before the podcast, you know, I've taken all of our documents for our school and fed it, uh, into, uh, chat GPT. Um, and, and now it knows all that information, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I, I, a limitation of, of what you can get on, you know, through chat GPT or these other AI models is that they are only using information that's published on the web through a certain time period, but you can, you can give it more information to learn from, you know, and that's, uh, and so, yeah, there's, there's no reason why it couldn't, um, it couldn't give you a, a grade for papers. It couldn't pick out errors. Um, you know, is it going to be perfect? No. Uh, but the more you use it in that capacity, the better it's going to get. Interesting. So is there any specific ones you recommend to somebody listening? What do you, what do you use? I, I use ChatGPT premium paid subscription. Um, you don't need that, but it's 20 bucks a month and the amount of productivity I get out of it, I feel like it's worth it. Uh, I do know with the, so ChatGPT4 um, has less hallucinate, uh, hallucinations than chat GPT 3.5. So if you're not familiar with hallucinations, it's basically, um, it's when the AI produces something that's misinformation. It's not true or it's false or it's not referenced correctly. Uh, so that's, you know, obviously the less that happens, the better. Um, and that's why ultimately you need to read through whatever the outputs are because uh, they happen probably more often than um, than you would like. You know, you'd obviously like it to be perfect, but it's mm -hmm. it happens. I would say almost every output has something that's not quite right with it. On the same side, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Dolly, but that's like the image creating one. Like every image I've ever created, it's like, you know, people have six fingers and like, you know, <laughs> their forehead and stuff. Um, even that's getting better, but you know, it's every, every output is going to have something that's not quite right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that's true. It is, it is just a tool. It's, you know, we like to, we like to think computers should be smarter, but they're only as smart as I guess we create them to be right. So always something worth proofreading. Well, it's been great to have you on. We've covered a lot. If anybody has questions about this stuff in particular, can they email you? Is it okay if I include your email? Absolutely. Perfect. Well, awesome. Well, it's been great to talk to you. Can I pray for you before we go? Absolutely. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for Matthew. Thank you for his work at Anchor Lutheran and for all the things he's doing to support students and teachers there in Alaska. Please be with him as he continues through this holiday season and bless the rest of his school year and the continued growth of your kingdom there at Anchor. In your sense, we pray. Amen.